discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. of the power of the cross I tell you it's going to be a wonderful time this year 2024 will be like no other year this year you are going to enjoy the grace of God to another level altogether you are going to experience the power of God like never before and you are going to experience the manifestations of the goodness of God in every aspect of your life in every aspect of your life this year is not going to be like any other it's going to be a year of supernatural occurrences a year of supernatural manifestations of the goodness of god this year you are going to experience the exceeding goodness of god the riches of the goodness of god in a very special way and this year you are going to have speed and ease like never before what took time to accomplish in your life will take a shorter time this time around. What happened in a year, took a year to happen, will happen in a day for you. 
In the name of the Lord Jesus. This year, God is going to advance you in a very special way. Because you are going to be living in the realities of the power of the cross. The cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is going to mean more to you. And you will learn to live in the grace of God. How many will be excited about this year? Then give Jesus a big shout. Kindly take your seats in the heavenly places. Let me explain it to you in the next few minutes. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for the precious opportunity we have to be together like this in your presence. Thank you that tonight you speak to us in a very special way. Bring clarity, Lord, to our minds and to our hearts. Thank you for fruitfulness from every sphere of our lives. Even in Jesus' name. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness, and with great joy. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. What a blessing. blessing. We have, um, this is just a cross-section of our church in Accra. There are some other Branches meeting in Kaswa, in our Kaswa auditorium. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Is it a blessing? Last year, they were all, I told you that we'll, be, we'll start separating small, small, isn't it? Yeah, so next year, I'm sure spin text will be done, so some people will go to spin text and not come here. Do you understand? Then the following year, I'm sure maybe Tema or Kanesh should be done. I will shoot something will be done, and then you will not come here. Hallelujah. So gradually we are separating so that you can have your service, your 31st service on your own. But our brothers in Kumasi are meeting, some are in uh, Fortizo and some are in Alpha as well. And then those in Ho are also in Ho, our church in Ho. Those in Pando are in Pando as well. Hohoi has joined Pando. We have a number of churches by the grace of God, if you don't know. Yes, Sunyane, Takrade, Tamale, yes, Tamale and Bogatanga are together. And then um, our, bro- our brothers and sisters in UK are also joining us. I'm sure they're having their meeting as well. Then those in Canada are also having a nice meeting as well. Oh, yeah. uh, I think we are about five hours ahead of Canada, so they are yet to have their service. And then Diaspora is also on, on as well. We have a number of people in our Diaspora church um, from many countries, and they are also going to be having their service. So there are a number of services holding and they are all watching us. Hallelujah. They are all watching us. Isn't it a blessing? At a point in the message, I'm going to refer to them. They are going to put up some of their videos showing what they are doing uh, to us as we go. Is it a blessing? God has, been us. God has been good to us, right? God has been too good to us. God has been very good to us. Very, very good to us. And I, I shared with you last year concerning Thanksgiving. And how we must learn to give thanks. Okay? And I remember leading us to do a 24-hour chain of thanksgiving. You know, it's not meant for the church level only. It's actually for your personal life. You have to learn to give thanks every single day. You see? No matter what's going on with you, you have to, you have to give thanks. You have to thank God for his goodness. God has been good. And I mentioned that the secret to giving thanks is remembrance. 
You must remember what God has done for you and how God has been, how good God has been to you. What do you think? You must remember that God has been good to you. A lot of people don't remember. When they see someone praising God in a certain way, they are like, well, why, are you, why are you jumping so much? You don't, Charlie, God has been good to you. You should be jumping. You should be jumping instead of asking questions. Ask your neighbor, why are you not jumping? Don't become too, don't become too cultured or too old for praises. You are too old. You are too matured. You are too diplomatic. You have become a mature line in the system. You have become a, a professional Christian. It's not supposed to be like that. And out of them shall proceed what? And the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them. The Lord expected when the ten lepers were healed, one returned with thanksgiving. And the Lord asked, were there not ten that were healed? Where are the nine? He was expecting all of them to come and say thank you. This one came shouting. Jesus answered said, were there not ten? Luke 17, 17. That were, um, but where are the nine? You know, they are not found that return to give glory to God. Save the stranger. The others were so used to it. This guy returned with shouts. Go, go, go up. He returned shouting. Hmm? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. It's good to shout in the house of God. There's nothing wrong with it. Ask your neighbor, why are you not shouting? Why are you not shouting? Now, remember, remember that Jesus is coming for a glorious church. If you follow the preaching, the teaching I've taught on the glorious church, the, the, um, the definition of a glorious church, you know, I used eight points to describe what a, the glorious church is. And one of the descriptions or definitions is that the glorious church is young. It's a young church. It's a young bride. Do you see? How many of you want to marry a lady who does not have teeth? A lady who has wrinkles. Nobody wants that. Or you want to you want to marry a, a, a lady who whose breasts are around the side, like fried eggs or pancake. Is that what you want? So, all the, listen, this is very important. Never, never decide to not grow when it comes to God. Don't grow. God doesn't like it. Do you understand? Ephesians chapter 5. 
Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkle or any such thing. No spots, no wrinkle. Hmm? No spots, no wrinkles. He doesn't want wrinkles. A wrinkled church is not a good church. Wrinkles represent oldness. Oldness. All the life is gone. All the juice is gone. Ask your neighbor, where are your juice? Where are your juice? Why are your juice? Why are your juice? Push your neighbor. Why are your juice? Like you are sitting, you are still sitting slow. Why? Why are your juice? <laughs> Rankles represent loss of life. Like excitement is gone. You understand? The Bible says that rejoice with the wife of your youth. Your, a wife is supposed to be for the youth. Like when you are young. When you have energy. Do you understand? So God doesn't want a church that does not have energy. No excitement. When your husband is lying down with you, you are just there like that. No action. Your husband is touching you. Are you out there? Why? Why? Cadaverism. Cadaver. Why? That is what happens when the church is just there. We are not moving. We are not doing anything. We are not excited. Do you see? The message of the year has come and you are not excited. Happy New Year. Shake your neighbor and say, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. 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 Chapter 5, verse 25. He's coming for a church that is without wrinkles. <laughs> a church that is without spots. Beautiful church. Spotless. No wrinkles. It's important that you are you are not rigid and stiff in the church. You are you are you are not excited anymore. I listen to what I'm saying. Not being excited in the church, you know. Sometimes you've been around for a while. You've seen it all. You've experienced it all. You are like an old wife who has seen the stars of all the stars of the husband. All the moves. You have seen all the moves. Hey! 
When you say stand here, you are like, oh, this one, I did it. Last year, I've seen it before. Hey! It's not a good thing. Am I preaching to you? I'm not preaching to you. Jesus doesn't like such things. I don't know if the slow people are in the choir. Are they in the choir or they are not in the choir? They are not in the choir. Ah, oh, that's two type of people. Are you in a church? Young, beautiful, energetic, excited, adventurous, 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 acrobatic type of wife. Hallelujah. Are you in the church or have gone home? So this year, decide that you'll be excited about God. Yes. About everything concerning Him. Yes. Decide that you thank Him throughout. It's important. It's all over in the Bible. Thanksgiving is a sign that you are filled with the Spirit. Thanksgiving. When you are into, you know, singing praises to the Lord. On your own, not inspired by events or inspired by somebody but you're just you know inspired by remembrance you just remember just remember you just i remember we, we, i was having a discussion with my wife and i we, i mentioned that hey we were at a certain party you know and the person was celebrating her birthday a certain age and i said hey charlie in 22 years time i'll also be like this person i'll be the same age and i asked her do you remember 22 years ago yes 22 years ago we were going to first year in secondary school we had gone to first year secondary school that was when i went to and i remember very clearly from one boy roko i was in house four Yes, Roko. Yes, I tell you. Hmm. House four. House, house four boys. No, no, I was in house two. Sorry, house two. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. You were there when we take microphone. When we take microphone. You were there all the. I mean, this one is like his news. It was, it was, it was part of everything. And you were there. You see, you should be excited. You should have more things to thank God for. Not, it's like, I've seen it all. You are not impressed with all the styles. You are not impressed with all the moves. It's like you have gone to the same restaurant over the years. You have seen all the restaurants. It's like your husband doesn't have any new thing under, under his sleeves. No, be an excited person. Tell me, but be an excited person. Yes, be excited. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You have to thank God all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah, thank God all the time. It's important. So that's why I'm still talking about it. So important. Don't play with it. Yeah, thank God all the time. I thank God for everything, every little thing I have. Every little thing that God has given to me. I thank God for the things that didn't happen in my life. Yes. But if they had happened at that time, it would have been a problem. Yes. 
some years ago, I wanted to travel abroad. When I when I when I finished university, I wanted to really travel abroad. Yes, because everybody was going. So Charlie, and the Lord closed all the, all those doors and opened a door to Kumasi. I tell you, Kumasi pay, America. Yeah, I thank God for it because if I had gone, I, I'm not sure I'd have been here. I'm not sure I'll be serving God. Yeah. Thank God for everything. Thank God for the doors that closed. Thank God for the things that didn't happen. That was says, you know, things give thanks. Yeah. And for all things, give thanks. Giving thanks for all things. Giving thanks always. This is Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks always for all things. Give thanks always for all things. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things. Always for all things. All the, all the bad things. Thank God for the guy who broke your heart. Thank God for the lady who bounced you. I tell you. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised that if probably you had gone out to that lady, eh, you will not be here. I tell you. Thank God. Thank God for the refusal, the job that you were refused. You were, you were not accepted. Thank God for it. Yeah. I remember, I remember a, a, a friend, a brother. You know, he was older. He was about two or three years older than than myself, but we're in the same class in the university. Very close friend. You know, and we were applying for a job together. And the job, they required a certain age. You needed to be 25 and below. This was right after university. And he was already 25, I think. He needed to, I think he needed to be under 25, and he was already 25. I was 22 or something like that. I was very young. So they picked me, they didn't pick him. And he was sad. But after about six months, no, no, after about three months of that incident, he got a very good job. Far better than our own. All those of us who were laughing at him, we couldn't laugh at him anymore because the guy had a very powerful job that was well-paying. Within, I think, about two years, he had built a a four-bedroom house for his mother. Yes, quickly, sharp. God just blessed him, opened a door for him. Yeah. Just imagine if he was employed with that. He wouldn't have even had that opportunity. Yeah. And the employment we had gotten were laughing at him that he didn't get. It wasn't any, it wasn't, it wasn't any. <laughs> when the pay comes, you can, you can cash out all the pay at once. That's it. That's finished. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. You can cash everything at once. And that's it. Yeah. The ATM machine will give it to you. <laughs> Easily. Just give it to you like that. And it's finished. Just do pro. <laughs> you know, when the man is allowed to be reading, <laughs> that's why I just pro. That's it. <laughs> hey! Brother and sisters, let's thank God. Tell me about thank God. Learn to thank God. Learn to thank God. All right. So, this year, we are going to be living in the realities of the power of the cross. And I just want to open it up to you. 
a bit. Okay? In the course of the year, we are going to be going through it in a very special way. Hallelujah. So if you read in the, in the Bible, there are 28 references to the cross in the New Testament. 28 references to the cross. And there are three main definitions of what a cross is. Or when the word cross is mentioned in the Bible, there are three things it could be referring to. Okay? And the verses that we are talking about, the scriptures we are talking about, are spread along the lines of these three definitions. The first one, the first definition has to do with the instrument of punishment. Okay, so number one definition of the cross is an instrument of punishment. That was used in the, uh, in the, in the time, times of the Romans and the Greeks. Okay? And I just want to read the fair definition of what the cross is. Because he explained it with respect to this particular reference. Which is an instrument of punishment. Okay? He says, a well-known instrument of most cruel and ignominious punishment. Ignominy. Do you understand ignominy? It's a word. What does it mean? Anybody to help us? Pastor, Pastor Lee, what is ignominy? Ah, Pastor Kofi here. Dictionary. What is, what is ignominy? What does it mean? Okay. Public shame. I heard someone say public shame. Deep Pastor Flo is here. Ah, Pastor Flo is also here. Yeah. Uh-huh. What does it mean? <laughs> it's not a trick question. It's a very serious question. <laughs> what are the definitions you have before we check the dictionary? We trust you more than that. Public shame. Okay. Uh-huh. No way. Flo is thinking about it. We have um, disgrace, dishonor. Disgrace. Dishonor. Dishonor. Public contempt. Public contempt. A deep personal humiliation and disgrace. A deep what? Personal. Personal humiliation and disgrace. A deep, the disgrace is deep. <laughs> do, do you understand? Read that one again. A deep what? A deep. Personal humiliation humiliation. or disgrace. The the humiliation is personal and it is deep. I don't know if you've ever been humiliated before. Deeply humiliated. This one is deep. And and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified along this line. Like he he died the most shameful of all deaths. Deep humiliation. Deep disgrace. That's what is written in Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, you know, verse 5, where it says that, Let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant. That was humiliation enough for the creator of the whole universe. If you read in Isaiah chapter 40, you see how the Bible talks about how he gathers the everything in the let's let's read some you know from verse 12 as i have to 40 from the storm i want you to know who it is that became man and be, was crucified died the most humiliating of all deaths 
He says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? This God. This is our Lord and say that he measures the eh, waters, all the waters in the world, all the seas. You know how many miles you have to travel on the it's not a small thing. Have you seen colleague colleague? Even our sea here is a it's a it's a big one. It's not a small thing. He measures the waters in the hollow of his hand, and he meted out the heaven with the span. Let, let's read the lighter version. He measures. Message, message version. He says, who has scooped, he scooped the, up the ocean in, in, in his two hands. He scoops it up. The whole of the world's ocean is like this to him. So if you are talking about size, let's try and think about size. He's so big that he carries the oceans in his hands like this to wash his face. <laughs> or measure the sky between his thumb and his little finger. He just, this is the whole of our sky. Who has put all the earth's debt in one of his baskets? One of his baskets. And weighted each mountain and hill. You see, next verse. Who could ever have told God what to do or taught him his business? This great God. Hmm? If you read on, you see a lot of things about this, our great God. Yet he became a man. I don't know how. It's a great mystery. You see, the incarnation is a great mystery. A great mystery. How God became a man, became flesh. It's called the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. That's the first, that the fact that God became flesh alone. It's a, it's a big one. It's a huge one. Now, after this God had become flesh, or had, be, had been made flesh, which is a great mystery, he died the most shameful of all deaths. Go back to Philippians chapter, chapter, chapter 3. It says, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him a, the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself even further and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The most shameful of all. The most shameful of all. Deep personal humiliation. Disgrace. So when you hear the word cross in the Bible, it's in reference to this particular mode of punishing the most lowest of the low. Okay, let me, I want, that's what I'm trying to read to you, the clear definition. So that you understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. A well-known instrument of most cruel and ignominious punishment. Borrowed by the Greeks and Romans from the Phoenicians. To it were affixed among the Romans down to the time of Constantine the Great. The guiltiest of criminals. Hmm? Out of the criminals. The, the guiltiest of them all. Like you are so guilty. Your, 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 your crime is so wild that out of all the crimes that other people have committed, yours is the worst. Yours is the worst. Like, we can't do anything about you. This is like a, um, capital, this is a capital punishment of that day. Hmm. 
I don't know if you ever saw the firing squad. You ever see firing squad? There used to be firing squad in Ghana. Yeah. Some people had to die. I mean, you know you are going to die. It's not easy knowing that you are going to die. If you are told you are going to die in the next six months, it's a very big deal. But this one is not six months. You are dying now. And then they tell you that we are putting you on the pole. You know, they will just they'll wrap, they'll, there's a pole, they wrap you around the pole. And then you hear soldiers, they tell them something. Do something to your gun. Fuck your gun. Aim. And you know that the next thing is you. Is that a small thing? Or? Our Lord was crucified like, uh, like, he, was, like he, was, he was a criminal, like the basis of all criminals. Yeah. The basis of all criminals. The last, 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 last. That's, that's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is how low he went for you and for me. Mm. Low. Guiltiest of what? Of all criminals. Then it says, particularly the basest slaves. First of all, it says it was handed down to the Romans and all of that. It went all the way to Constantine the Great. It was being done during Constantine's time. Then it says it was handed over to the guiltiest criminals, particularly the basest slaves, the basest of all the slaves, robbers, the authors and a betest of insurrections and occasionally in the provinces at the arbitrary pleasure of the governors. The governors did it. They crucify people at their pleasure. Upright and peaceable men also and even Roman citizens themselves. Hallelujah. But when there are, there are 12 references to this particular definition okay, in the Bible, in the New Testament, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to take you through some. But let me just let me just read two or three of them. Matthew chapter twenty-seven, verse thirty-one. Matthew twenty-seven, thirty-one. And after they had mocked him, after they had mocked our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they took him, they took the rope off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. Verse thirty-two. He says, And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. So this word cross here. Is in reference to the wood, the two beings. Okay? Galatians 3, verse 13 calls it the tree. Look at Galatians 3, 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So there's a, there's a tree called the cross. Okay? Which was an instrument of punishment for the basis of criminals and the most humiliating of all deaths ever. Like there's no death that is, is as humiliating as this one. And it ended after Jesus had died. Yes, it ended when he died on that cross after some time it stopped. It means that if he had come some years after, he wouldn't have met that particular mode of, you know, death. But God wanted him to hang on that particular tree. To die the basis of all deaths. To be put to the, the, the highest of all shame in order for you to enjoy the highest of all glory. 
He was crucified like a slave. The basis of them all in order for you to be treated with royalty. So when you hear cross, remember what our Lord went through. And remember what he went through for. The reason for his suffering. You see, there was a reason for his suffering. Now, always remember that he was crucified stuck naked. It's the basis of all. Stuck naked. Stuck naked. He took the curse. He took the shame so that you will have glory. That is why you must not spare in living out the best that God has designed for you. So this year we are going to live the you are going to live God's best. Because this year you are going to have a, a deeper understanding of the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what it means, what he suffered and what it means for you. And you are going to have a deeper understanding of what you are also, the cross that you also have to carry. Because that's the second definition of the cross. But before I get to that, let me show you. We are in Matthew 27, right? Okay, now go to verse 42. Let's read 38 to 42 so that we can understand it. 38 says, then, there were, then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and one on the, on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyed the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God. Come down from the cross. So, you see, apart from all the shame that he was enduring, people were mocking him. Many people, thousands of people were passing by and some of them were mocking him, shaking, wagging their heads. It's prophecy being fulfilled. They're wagging their heads at him. Come down from the cross. So they were, this is ref, in reference to the, the tree. Okay, look at verse 41. Likewise also the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself cannot save. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we'll believe him. We want to see him coming down live from the cross. Then we'll believe him. So that's the, that's the first reference of the call. It's in reference to the wood. And the type of punishment. And you need to reflect on it. Okay? There's something called the fellowship of his sufferings. The, the way of accessing the fellowship of his sufferings is by thinking about some of these things. You see, there are Christians who don't have any appreciation of what they've been saved from. They don't, they don't know what they've been saved from. You, God wants you to have an understanding of what you have been saved from. If you don't have an understanding of what you have been saved from, you, you will go up. You will not bear the fruit you are supposed to bear. That's in 2 Peter chapter, chapter 1. Um, verse, let's read from verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be buying nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. It says, but he that lacketh these things is blind. And cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You need to understand that you have been purged. You see, Jesus hung on the cross for a purpose. 
Why did he hang on the cross? He hung on the cross because of such death. It is you. He was hanging on the cross as you. And as me. Wicked sinners like us. He hung on the cross. The Bible says that the wages of sin is what? Romans 6.23 For the wages, the payment, the salary. There's a salary for sinning. And that salary is death. What kind of death? The most cruel of the most cruel of them all. The most cruel of physical death that leads to eternal death. That's the kind of death you and I were destined for until this Savior came. Yes. You need to you need to have understanding concerning it. You need to meditate concerning the, what Jesus suffered, his sufferings, his punishment. He took in the punishment because of you and I. The Bible says that he was. He, his face was so mad physically that you, you wouldn't design. You wouldn't you choose him. That's in uh, Isaiah chapter 53. Let's read from verse 1 so we can understand it. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. Then he says, He has no form nor comeliness. Let's read. 14, 52, 14. Okay. Pastor says you read 52, 14 and then we'll come back to you. Go to 52, 14. He says, as many were astonished at thee, his visage was so mad, more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. You are the one, you are the one we are describing. You, your face was supposed to be mad. Turn to the nearest neighbor by you and say, you, you are supposed to be beaten. To a point of no recognition. Have you ever seen a thief who has been beaten that they, you can't, like, hey, the guy's face, that is you are the one, yeah. yeah. For the wages of sin is what? Death. It's death. Yeah. Understanding grace without understanding that's what, what was, <laughs> what led to the grace is a, is a big problem. It's English. Can you read it to us? It's English. English. They hate his body so that it did not seem like the body of a man. They changed his shape so that it was not like the shape of any human person. And when many people looked at him, they felt sick. When the people looked at him, they felt sick. They hit his body so that it did not seem like the body of a man. They changed his shape. Yes, they beat him into a pulp. They changed his shape. You see, Jesus, there was a, there were two types of spitting that Jesus took. There was political spitting and then religious spitting. A whole army, if you read in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. Let's read from uh, 27. Matthew 27, 27. He says, then the soldiers of the, gov- of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him, and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. Okay, the whole band of soldiers. Can you show us Amplified? I'm sure to show us the number. This is about 600 men, 600 to 1,000 men. A whole battalion. You know a battalion? Can you check in the dictionary what a battalion? I'm just trying to help you understand. And they stripped him. Now, this stripping... 
Okay, this is after Jesus had been beaten and he, the, he had bled so much. The Bible says that they removed his back. The stripes, he says, by his stripes we are healed. The word stripes is not uh, stripes. It's actually the removal of his back. They removed the flesh at his back. They flayed him. Took his flesh away. The whole of the back. The Greek word is molos. It means to remove the, the whole, to create a hole at the back. You are the one deserving of that. About 480 men. They stripped him. So the, the blood, you know, had gone into the dress and it had dried up on his body and then they tore it off. His body, yeah. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. Next verse. And when they had placed a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and it in his right hand and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail King of the Jews. Verse 30. Says, and they spit on him, all of them. So a minimum of 480 people spitting in turns. This is the, this is the political spit that he bore. They spit on him and took the reed and smote him on the head. Everybody smote him. And intense. They spat on him. Each and every one of them. Now, before this, the religious folks also spat on him. What do you spit on? Something that is smelly. What do you mean something that is smelly? Something that is ignoble. Useless. Something that makes you nauseous. And you, you spit. Hallelujah. That's in chapter 26 rather. 26 verse 65. It says, Then the high priest rents his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered. And said, He is guilty of death. Then they did spit in his face. And buffeted him. This is the religious spit. All of them spat on him one by one, intense. Yeah. And others smote him with the palms of their hands. Isaiah what? Isaiah 50 verse 6 says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. They plucked off the his special hair. I tell you, his beard, yes, his special hair. Plucked off his head. I hid out my face from shame and spitting. Even when someone is talking and small spit, this guy can't control his. He can't control his saliva. Hallelujah. So I said you need to you need to understand the fellowship of his sufferings, so I can appreciate what where where it came from. And I'll show you Isaiah chapter fifty three, isn't it? Look at Isaiah chapter fifty three. He says he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. Then he says he was despised and esteemed not. And we esteemed not. He was despised. One of the most painful things is to be despised by those you made. Just imagine someone you have helped. <laughs> Or your own child that you are giving birth to. Okay? Growing up, 
getting money and not minding you. You did all the good things for the person, for the for the child. You sent him to school, the best schools, whatever. Took him to America, all these places. Now he's old and he doesn't even recognize you. He can't recognize you as his mother. What, what do you think will happen to you? Will it be painful? John chapter 1, verse 12. He came unto his own. He came unto those that he made. Eh, verse 11, sorry. Yes, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They despised him. They rejected him. Rejected. You need to remember. It's important though. Or else you will not be a good Christian. Because I'm coming to talk about the grace of God. The cross of Jesus Christ is the grace of God. That's what we are going to talk about this year. But I cannot talk about the grace of God without talking about what Jesus went through to purchase that grace for you. The cost, yes. It's very costly. Very, very expensive. As you're enjoying the grace, you must remember where it came from. So that you can, you can appreciate what has been. Uh, those who appreciate what you went through are very close to his heart. That's why Paul said, that I may, that's the first thing. He says, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of the sufferings. You must, you must know the fellowship, the, the partnership of his sufferings. You must know, you must understand it. What he went through. He was crucified for you and I. The peace we enjoy is because of the, the Bible says that the chastisement of his peace, of our peace. You see, the, the beatings that was required, that's in Isaiah 53, verse 4 now. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. Then he says, the chastisement of our peace. That particular phrase, we have to understand it. Can you show us our version? This is amplified. It says, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. Are you seeing it? The beatings or the punishment that was required for us to obtain peace was placed upon him. Because there was a war between God and man. Man had revolted by obeying Satan. And there was a war between man and God. And God sent his son Jesus Christ. He sent his word, that is the, the, the son Jesus Christ, to come and come and receive the punishment that was required. GNT says, we are healed by the punishment he suffered. Can you show us message? This one says he took us, he took the punishment. But it's a punishment for something. BBE. Show us BBE, please. He took the punishment by which we have peace. Okay? One of the, one of the symptoms of oldness. It's true. It's true. When, you are, when you are old, yeah. you can't sleep anywhere. Yeah. You can't sleep anywhere, snore anywhere. You don't, I mean, you just sleep. Bishop Dark said he, he, he was invited by a certain preacher to go and preach in his church. The preacher was an older man. 
He said, when he took the microphone, the preacher started sleeping. The one who invited him. He slept throughout the preaching. So he had to preach behind him. He had to give him respect and preach. He stood behind him and preached to everybody. If the man is too old. It's not his fault. He's too old. But when, you are, when we are preaching, you start sleeping. It's like, yeah, you are old. You are not interested anymore. Your husband is talking. You have heard all the stories. You are not, in, you are not really... This guy keeps talking all the time. He's been talking for years. And you just start sleeping. Or your wife starts talking and then you, the guy, you just go to bed. So check the nearest old, old person around you and ask the person, uh, are you old in the spirit? What, are, what, are, what has happened to you? Or you are young? Be young, be young, be young. Be young. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we are going to be examining this particular because it's so important. What do you think? It's so important. Yes, it's so important. You see, when you don't know about the sufferings of Christ, you can't, you can't, you can't suffer for him. <laughs> you can't suffer for him. You will not give yourself to suffer. There are emotional tortures you are supposed to go through for Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2. No, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Colossians 1, 24. It says, Paul says, I now rejoice in what? Another symptom of oldness is that you can't talk. You can't talk much. Yeah. You can't talk. Uh, uh, you can't. If you are young, then read it to me. Want to go. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. For a church to work, you see, for, the, for us to sit here, for us to have locations in all these places, people are seated on, some people have, you have to suffer. It's not a popular message. Listen, the afflictions though, it's not a popular, you see, it's not a popular thing to say. How many of you like to have a church that says, this is a year of sufferings? This is a year of losing. This is a year of sacrificing. This is a year of dying. I mean, would you like such a church? It would be very difficult. Yeah. Next week, zero attendance. <laughs> Even the pastor will not come. <laughs> One day, Jesus was sitting, just meditating. And then James and John's mother, they are, they, they are, uh, their father's name is Zebedee, so they call them the sons of Zebedee. The, the wife of Mr. Zebedee, Mrs. Zebedee, or Zebedee Wa, <laughs> came walking, you know, majestically to Jesus. And then when she got there, she said to Jesus, I want my sons, one to sit on your left and one to sit on your right, you know, in your kingdom. And then Jesus said, hey, do you know what you're talking about? Matthew chapter 20, verse 21. Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other in the left, on the left, in thy kingdom. 
Next verse. But Jesus answered and said, and said you know not what you ask. You don't know what you are talking about. Are you able? Now, this is Jesus. So this, is, this is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So. And our Lord is talking about things that are very high. The reason why you should read Jesus' words, okay, is so that you'll be balanced. If you read only what is written in Ephesians, Galatians, you, you may not be balanced. You need to read Jesus' words so that you will know what he places emphasis on. Jesus has not placed emphasis on you enjoying his life. That's powerful. It's good. He likes it. He places emphasis on you suffering like the way he suffered to build his church. That's what I'm sorry, but that's the truth. I can't, you can't change it. Yeah, so when you get to a place where it's like, oh, why, why are we doing it? Why are, we, why are they building? Why are they doing this? Why are they, why, why are they worrying? Why are we worrying ourselves? Why are we going evangelism? Why are we doing the You have changed. There's something wrong with your brain. You don't understand, you don't understand the Bible properly. You have gone on one, one side of the teaching. No, it's, it's more than that. The word of God is a double-edged sword. It cast this way and cast that way. You have to be very careful. Jesus told you, do you understand what you're asking? Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They say unto him, we are able. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what was okay. They didn't understand it. They said, oh, we are able. We can do it. Jesus was talking about his sufferings. He was talking about his death. He was talking about the things he was going to go through in order for the birth of the, of the church. In order for you and I to come into existence. For someone to, for salvation to come to others, those who bring salvation to those people must suffer. It, it, that's, it, it, that's just how it is. Let's not pretend as though it doesn't exist. It's there. And if we are talking about the cross, the power of the cross is one of the main things. One of the main things, the things that you have to go through. And Jesus placed premium. You see, the second reference of the cross, okay, is to denying yourself and putting Jesus and others first. That's the second reference. The first reference is what? To the, to the instrument of punishment. That's the first reference. And I've showed you some scriptures to it, right? The second reference is to Denying yourself to follow Jesus. Okay? Or denying yourself and putting Jesus first and others first. Jesus and others first. And it is used six times in the Bible. The first one is used 12 times. This one is used six times. And guess who used it all the six times? Only Jesus. Only Jesus talks like this. Nobody else does. All the references that Jesus spoke with respect to the cross had to do with you denying yourself and following him. Suffering like he suffered in order for others to be comfortable. Yeah. Someone's marriage has been delayed because of the gospel. Because of the gospel she's preaching, her marriage has been delayed. It's, it's, it's a type of suffering. Because if she wants to marry, she can marry anybody. 
It's about because of understanding. Someone was asking me, why, what, do you, are you still interested in making females pastors? I said, I, I still am. Because like when someone, someone said, I don't want to be, be a pastor. A lady. I don't want to be a pastor. Because when I, when I become a pastor, I'm afraid nobody will marry me. Yes. Yeah, because it's a type of suffering. It's like you were a pastor. So, hey, pastor, how is, how are you going to have sex with a, your own pastor? How are you going to have sex with your pastor? How are you going to have sex with your pastor? How are you going to propose to your pastor? Hey, I'm afraid though. Me, I'm afraid. You tell your pastor, pastor, turn around. Hey! Turn for me. No, 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 no. (laughs) Hey! The guy said, no, 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 no. I'm not sure I can tell my pastor to turn around. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Matthew 10, 37. These are references of Jesus. Jesus is the only one who mentioned these things. In reference to... He says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Have you seen it? And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Jesus is the one who said this. You can throw this away. And so it's not important. But it's very important. Six times, and only Jesus is the one who says it. That makes it very special. I don't know if you understand who Jesus is. You understand that Jesus is God. In when he was talking about cross, he, was, he spoke about cross with respect to you carrying your cross. He didn't talk about his cross. Oh. Jesus didn't talk about his cross, that I, I'm going to take up my cross and go to and die. He didn't, he didn't talk about those things. He spoke about going to Jerusalem to go and accomplish his work of dying. But every time he spoke about cross, you, take up your cross. You, follow me. Let me show you another one. Mark. Another one in Mark. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, all the way to 38. And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whoever will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. Next verse. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angel. Have you seen it? Go back to verse 34. When he had called the people unto him, with disciples also he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So this is very important. So in the course of the year, I'm going to talk about this too. Yes, because if, if, if we don't do that, a lot of things will not happen. This year we are trying to send people to different countries. We want to start a church in Nigeria. Is it a good thing? We want to start a church in Kenya. Is it a good thing? We want to start a church in, uh, is it Zimbabwe? Which one? Zimbabwe? I don't remember the rest. I think there are two more. Yeah, Liberia or something. I don't remember. Liberia and Sierra Leone. Yeah. 
We want to send people. Is it, is it okay if we send? Will you marry? Will you marry someone who is going to Sierra Leone to go and be a pastor there? Ask the nearest lady by you. Ask the nearest lady by you. Will you marry? Will you marry someone who is going to Sierra Leone? Will you consider it? They said they will go. Wow. I mean, for anything to be done for Jesus Christ, some sufferings must happen. Some sacrifices must happen. Some losing must happen. Some dying must happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you like what I'm telling you? That's just how it is. If you are not a mature Christian, you know you will not understand. You know, but for the gospel to be preached to our generation, some people must sacrifice. Some people make some sacrifices for us to be here. I took all our brand passes to a museum at Anakago to go and have a look at the people who, who died in order for us to have the gospel. We are here with our tie and our suit, sitting in air condition. You will think that this is, this is, this, this, people sacrifice for this to be, to be possible. Very young people. Some came and died after six months. Some died after three months. Some died two weeks later. When they came, two weeks later, they died. 17 year old. Medical doctors who have gone to school for six years, seven years. When they finished school, nah, they came. Two weeks later, they died. They knew they were going to die and they still came. You see, people were dying. The missionaries were dying. So they decided that they need to send the medical doctors so that the medical doctors should come and check what is going on. They came to come and die first. The medical doctor died first. They came with their. I mean, that, that's the truth. When, when <laughs> Christians who decide not to get involved in some of these things, I mean, they don't. Like you are not serious. God had an only son and made him a missionary to come and come and die for you and I. That's the gospel. What are you also doing? Before long, your life is finished and you are gone. And you didn't do anything for Jesus. Yeah. He's looking forward to you doing something. Oh, is that true though? Is it how many of you like what I'm telling you? Okay, so in the course of the year, we'll be doing camps along those lines. <laughs> we'll be organizing some meetings along these lines. I know some of you are not interested, so those who are interested will, will bring it together. Oh, be on, let's be honest. Those of you who are shouting, you are interested. Those who are not shouting today are not interested. It's fine. The next, the next definition of the cross, that one you like it. So the next definition of the cross, the third one, yeah. When you are young, you like the third one. Because it's very important. Without the third one, you, you, you will not, you will not receive, you will not have understanding. The third reference is in reference to Christ's atoning work. Christ's atoning work. Or the great atonement of Christ. The great atonement of Christ. Atonement. Do you understand atonement? Do you understand atonement? Payment. 
payment. Okay? Payment. Sin must be paid for. The wages of sin is what? It's death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, so Jesus, when, when the cross is mentioned, there's a third definition, there's a third reference. And it has to do with directly with Christ's atoning work. Okay? Directly to do with Christ's atoning work. And Paul used the word cross in reference to this particular definition. And Paul, Paul uses, there are 10 scriptures that has reference to this particular definition. And all the references are in Paul's name. Paul is the one who uses it. The first one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. But let's read from verse 10 so that we can understand it. Let me just explain this to you. This particular uh, scripture. What's the first one? The first definition is to what? It's the instrument. The instrument of what? Punishment. Why is it important that you understand that particular, that type, that particular point? So that you can appreciate the grace of God that you have. You have to know what God, what Jesus went through. You have to know it. Okay? You have to know it. So I'm going to take time and spend some time explaining, you know, the, the, the nature of Jesus' sacrifice. What, what he went through. Yes. Then the second one is what? It's in reference to denying yourself, to following, putting Jesus and others first. Why is that important? Because without that, we cannot take the gospel. The gospel cannot go anywhere. Paul said, I, I rejoice in my son. Can you imagine the guy is suffering? He says, I rejoice in it. Colossians 1.24 who now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And I fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in the flesh, in my flesh for, this, for his body's sake, which is the church. The afflictions that are reserved, that are be, they, they are left behind for everybody to go through. <laughs> you want to do something for Jesus, you are going to go through some afflictions. That's the truth. You can't, you can't change it. Yeah? You can't change it. And Paul gives us a record of some of the things he went through. Okay? Twice, our shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the middle of the sea. What was, what was that? So that he can get the gospel to another person. Can you show us those verses in 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians 11, 20. It says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labor, it's more abundant. So, so he says, I, I, I did a lot of work. Hard work. This year, I realized I've been working for about 12 years without leave. I've never gone on a leave before. Every trip I've gone on, is to preach. I've never gone on a trip that it's like I'm going to chill or gone for a month. I've never done that. All the time, if you see that I'm traveling somewhere, I'm going to preach. Yeah, I just realized this year, last year, 2023. Yeah, because he was telling on me. I was, I was so tired, I didn't know what to do with myself. Most, most of the preaching I preached in 2023, I preached tired. When I'm preaching, when I'm coming to preach, I can't, I can't come. I remember some last two years we were coming to do a, a we're doing a Sunday night live. So on the Sunday night live, I couldn't come. I, I, I was trying to come. I, it wasn't working. When I get to the back, I have to sit down small. But I'm so tired. You don't know. You don't know. I don't need to come and tell you. 
labors, hard work, tired all the time. Sleep many sleepless nights, not because you are working on your business or working on your uh, your your relationship or working on your children or working on your GPA. The tech people call it a different a different one, CWA. Not because of that, but because of the church, because of the house of God. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, in beatings. I don't know if you have been beaten because of Jesus Christ before. Have you been beaten because of Jesus? Like you go to a place, you preach about Jesus, they caught you and they beat you to pot. To... Have you ever had that? This man had it in a, in a lot of times. In, in beatings, in stripes, above measure. Message. I've worked much harder. I've been jailed more often. I've been beaten up more times than I can count. And at death's door, time after time. Beaten. Why? Why is he being beaten? This guy is a doctor. He's a PhD holder. He's a lawyer. For crying out loud. Why? Lawyer that they are beating. Why would they beat you as a lawyer? He was not being beaten because he was a lawyer. He was being beaten because he was preaching the gospel. Just because of preaching. Next day. I've been flogged five times with the Jews. 39 lashes. Flogged five times. The Jewish lashes is, 40, is 39. 40 minus 1. Five times. Next day. I've been beaten by, by Roman rocks three times. I've been pummeled with rocks once. They stoned him to death. One of those that he was stoned to death. Everybody thought, knew he had died. Then he came back. And when he came back, he didn't say, look at what has happened to me because I'm preaching the gospel. I will never do this thing again. You see the way some of us can complain. You're a shepherd, you can complain. Someone said, I've created a structure that stretches people up. All kinds of things have been said to me. Last year, I had one of, one of my toughest years. Yeah, emotionally speaking, I have a lot of things. It was not a small thing for me at all. For a week, eh, I couldn't do anything. Something happened last year. For a week, a whole week, I was just there like this. One of our pastors took our church. He broke the church into pieces. Took half of it away. Trusted young man. My own son. Lifted up his heel against me, I tell you. It was a very painful thing. My first experience. He broke my virginity. <laughs> hey! I tell you. I was, a, I was a virgin along that line. He broke my virginity, I tell you. Very painfully. Yeah. <laughs> For one week, I was just there like this. Making calls and trying to put things together. Hey! A lot of emotional stress. Yeah. Next verse. Let's go back. You need to suffer for, for Jesus. Like, you need to suffer. There's a key to prosperity, you must understand. Maybe when I add this one, you will like what I'm telling you. When I add it. Well, you see, it's like you have to see prosperity. If it, is, if it promises, if it's promising, then you may want to do it. So let me show you. There is, it's promise. There's something attached to it. What verse? Mark chapter 10. Verse 29. 
And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house. You have, a, you have a beautiful house, you leave your house. Go to a place where you don't have a house. No WC, no water closet. I was watching Bishop that one of those days. Listen, we need to preach the gospel. <laughs> After, before long, your life has finished. And you are dead and gone. And you didn't do anything for the Lord. And you are going to meet, it's the Lord you are going to meet for eternity. You are going to stay with him for eternity. All the, what you need to do, you need to do it today. Don't wait. Oh. Stop waiting. I'm waiting for this to happen. I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm waiting before I respond to the call of God. Respond to God's call now. Do what he wants you to do now. They were going to preach, you see, and they can drive. They can be driving for about 16 hours. If you want to poo-poo, there's no rest stop to poo-poo. Do you understand? The car parks, you enter the bush with a cutlass, you make your way. He was saying it himself. You were interviewing the bus. He was in the bus. So you, you take a cutlass, you make your way, and then wherever you just dig a hole and you, you poo-poo inside. After that, you cover it and you continue your life. And you pray that you don't meet a snake. As you are pooping, you don't meet a, a snake doesn't come. He's seeing something hugging, hanging there. It's like, this is very interesting. So it looks like an apple. Let's come and come and take it before I realize something has happened. <laughs> hey! No man that has left house. Or brethren, or brothers. This is, this is a bre- this, you see, this is a nice group. <laughs> is this a nice group? You are in your nice church. You can be in Spinter Church. It's very cozy. Very beautiful. It's so nice. You have brothers and sisters there. Everybody is excited. You are taking pictures every day. Every after service, you take pictures. I've been seeing your pictures, Felicia. I've been seeing your pictures. <laughs> you have AC. It's comfortable. And then all of a sudden, you are going to start a church somewhere. Where there's no <laughs> where there's no what? Classroom You have to leave brethren, sisters, yeah, family members, father, leave your father, leave your mother, leave your wife, leave your children, leave lands. You have land you never build on. Because there's no money to build. Do you understand? Because you have taken decided to work for God, you can't build. You can't even go there. You can't see the land. You are in Kenya. How can you come to, uh, to Ashalibo Church to come and see your land? You can't come and see it. For my sake. For what? My sake and the gospels. Next verse. But he shall receive an hundredfold. Now in this life, in this time. He says, now in this time. You make such sacrifice for me. So far along those lines for me. He says, you shall receive an hundredfold. Now in this life, in this time. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions. With what? Because people don't understand how. How did you get a house? How did you get a car? How did you get a cars? How did you get a family? It's like you have created a family here. You are so happy, everything. How? Then they start criticizing you. Yeah. I never saw criticism until some things were done. Until I got a house. Until I got a car. Until I got some, And then people started. I'm, I'm, I'm taking money from people. I've not taken anybody's money. They say I'm taking people's money. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. You know, the person that I gave, you didn't even give to me. 
Someone has given to you and is paining you. It's paining him. It's paining him. Someone said, like, why are you taking up projects that are bigger than you? Have we told you that the project is bigger than us? The person is not in our church. He's sitting somewhere and saying that, why are we taking projects that are bigger than us? It's an amazing thing. But it's a key to prosperity. Yes. Working for the Lord. Hazarding your life for the Lord. The blessing. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm also enjoying it. Hey, some people are not happy. The last one is what? It's in reference to Christ's atoning work. Or the great work of atonement. Okay? And that's a very big one. That's what? Very, very big one. I'm going to spend maybe 70% or 60% of the time this year talking about this particular one. Because you need to understand it. Because when you understand it, you'll be happy to sacrifice for the Lord. And you'll be happy to meditate on Christ's sufferings for you. If you understand the third one. The second and the first will not be a problem at all. Those who don't understand the third one are the ones who, who struggle with the second and the first. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Paul says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. He says, He wants all of us to speak the same thing. They that tarry at the wine, red eyes. <laughs> now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. He says, He wants all of us to speak the same thing. Then he says, And that there be no divisions among you. God doesn't like it when there are divisions. You see, questionings. Why? 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 Why are you doing it like this? No, I think we should do it like this. Meanwhile, the person has made your leader. You see, when someone is made your leader, or someone, when, when God places someone over you, God has given the person a certain kind of wisdom. You have to understand. If you don't understand it, you keep fighting. Unnecessary fights. You keep fighting unnecessary battles that will create a problem for you. You see? Yeah. You should never fight authority. Try not to. Decide that you will never clash with authority. Okay? Decide to flow with authority rather than clash with authority. Hallelujah. Especially authority that is appointed by God. Even authority that is, that is appointed by men, the Bible says you should recognize it as authority coming from God. That's in Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Let's read a lighter version. Let everyone put himself under the authority of the higher powers, because there is no power which is not of God, and all powers are ordered by God. All powers, all authority are ordered by God. Next verse 2. For which reason everyone who puts himself against authority puts himself against the order of God. And those who are against it will get punishment for themselves. I may not punish you physically, but you may receive punishment in one way or the other. Going against God's divine authority is very crucial in any category. 
You have to think about it. Okay? You have to understand it and try to arrange yourself under the divine authority of God. Okay? Okay, so go back to where we were reading before. He says, I want you guys to be of one mind, no divisions, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Then he starts talking about the problem that they were having. He says, For it has been declared unto me. Someone has told me of you. Don't get angry when you are reported. When they report you to a higher authority and you are called because of the report, don't get angry with the one who reported you. Thank God for the one who reported you. Because, you see, we must be each other's keeper. When you are missing it, your brother must be able to help you. One of our council members had uh, something happening and told another council member. As he was telling the council, the council member told him that, I'm going to tell Bishop. As you are telling me now, I'm going to tell Bishop. He said, but why? No, I'm going to tell him because it is for your safety. I told you before that if something happens, I'll tell him. If something happens with me to you to tell him. So I'm going to tell him. And then the issue came up to me. You know, sometimes what you think, what you, you feel that probably when your issue, when your issue comes, you are going to, you are, you are dead. You get it like, finish him. Kum lao. <laughs> like, brutality, fatality, animality. <laughs> but whatever punishment is meted out to you, it's not a problem. It's for your own good. Don't also get so big that you cannot be corrected. Did I handle someone who could not be corrected? I was trying to correct him. He said, no, no, no. I, I refuse to be corrected. Hey. Yes. I refuse to be corrected. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all kinds of... I have a story for almost everything. You'll be surprised. Yes. You'll be shocked. When admiration leaves, learning ceases. Learning ceases when what? Admiration leaves. When admiration leaves, that's it. You can't learn again. You can't be corrected. So may you never lose your wonder. For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe. So he mentioned those who came to report. Do you understand? Yeah. He mentioned what? Those who report. report. Oh. And it wasn't a problem. It wasn't going to be a problem. We will not talk to them again. This girl, I said this to you, went to report me. That's a, that's a snitch right there. Snitch. All those who are in the church ratting us to people, ratting us to the, the church rat. Hey! Can you talk like that in the house of God? What is wrong with you? Like you have lost your Christianity. No, no, no. It's not, it's not correct. People shouldn't be afraid of coming to say what they need to say. Do you get it? Yeah, they shouldn't be afraid to come and say what they need to say. We shouldn't have that kind of a church. You see, where some things cannot be said. Mm. It's not correct. He says, for it, is, it, has declared, it has been declared unto me, of you, my, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Lots of contentions among you. Next verse. Now this I say, that every one of you said, I am of Paul. And I am of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. So the church was divided according to the lines of the pastors. Paul planted the church. Yes, Paul planted the church. Apollos came to do some 
time there came to share with them and help them to mature in a certain way. And it was a problem because the Apollos was not under Paul. Apollos was not under, under Paul. Apollos came through a different line, but through Paul's disciples. Yes. But he, did, he wasn't recognizing Paul's <clears throat> authority in a certain way. And he, he had his own mind. And even Paul mentions it that in Acts chapter 18, pick up verse 1. After this, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. Then he says, and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately. Come, no, is it 19 1? 19 1. 19 1, sorry, 19 1. See, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Then he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost? So, Apollos was always walking in another, another side. Paul was also walking in another. Even Paul himself said that Apollo, it, please, it does not please Apollos to come at this time. 1 Corinthians 16 12. Yes. Paul is mentioning Apollos again. He says, As touching your brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren. I wanted him to come to you with the brethren. But his will was not at all to come at this time. But he will come when he shall have convenient time. When he feels like coming, he will come. Because Paul didn't have a certain... Paul was not like his, his spiritual father in a certain way. You get it? Uh-huh. So he had his own way of doing things. And he was, he was moving among the churches that Paul had planted. Yes. And Paul was allowing him to flow. Yet, when he says he should come and do something, he will not mind him. I'll come at my own convenient time. Yes. So there was a division. The Corinthian church, you know, because Apollos was great in, uh, in words. And he was, he was handsome too. He was a fine boy. Hmm? Acts 18, verse 25. It says, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord. He's talking about Apollos. And being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Next verse. Priscilla and Aquila, he, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Next verse, verse 27. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much with which had believed through grace. Next verse. For he mightily convinced the Jews that had, and that publicly, he did it publicly. Showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Next verse. Go back. There's a place where it says that he was mighty. Is this saying? No. Mighty in the scriptures. 1824. 1824, please. He says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. Eloquent, mighty in the scriptures. He knew the scriptures. Quote scriptures like that. But he knew only the baptism of John. So, President Aquila, who were Paul's people, took him and taught him and released him. You see. So, there's a problem in the church. Because some people were saying, I am of Paul. I come from the stock of Paul. Others were saying, I come of the stock of Apollos. That's why it's very important you have one head in a church. It's very important. A headless being is what? Is dead. Headlessness speaks of what? If you are without a head, you are dead. Two heads speaks of what? Monster. A beast. We have two heads, you have a monster. 
if you have one head upon a living being, it's a normal person. Is it true? Ask on it, shake your neighbor and say, is it true? So there was a problem, okay? And Paul, Paul wrote to try and let the people know, you know, what to focus on. Some said, I'm of Paul. Others said, I'm of, I'm of Apollos. And others even brought Peter in. That I'm of also, I'm, I'm from Peter. Then the last group made it worse. I am, I am Christ. Like, I belong to Christ. You people, you belong to Paul. You people, you belong to... <laughs> they are from the source. They are from Jesus straight. They were spoiling the whole thing. Do you see? Is there division in Christ? Then he says, was Paul nailed to the cross for you? Am I the one who was crucified for you? Or were you given baptism in the name of Paul? Is it Paul who baptized? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. You're not baptized in the name of Paul. What are you talking about? Next verse. You know, Paul was trying to let them know the place of men and the place of, of Christ. Okay? So if you read in a, this is First Corinthians, right? Now, look at verse 4. Let's look at verse 4, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 5. Just because I'm saying this. For this reason, let there be no judging before the time till the Lord comes, who will make clear the secret things of the dark and the desires of the heart. And then will every man have his praise from God. Verse 6. My brother, my brother, it is because of you that I have taken Apollos and myself as examples of these things. So that in us, you might see that it is not wise to go farther than what is in the holy writings. So that no one of you may be lifted up against his brother. Like you should think about men the way you need to think about men. You think about God the way you need to think about God. You can't replace God with a man. Go back to 1 Corinthians 1. Or a reading. Next verse, verse 14. I give praise to God that not one of you had baptism from me, but Crispus and Gaius. He's mentioned the people he baptized. So that nobody comes to say that he baptized them in their name. In his name. So that, so that no one may be able to say that you had baptism in my name. Verse, verse 16. And I gave baptism to the house of Stephanas. He's recounting the people he baptized. I, I baptized the house of Stephanas as well. But I'm not certain that any others had baptism from me. Verse 17. For Christ sent me not to give baptism, but to be a preacher of the good news. Not with wise words, for fear that the cross of Christ might be made of no value. Let's read the King James, please, of this verse. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. To preach what? Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Now, if you've noticed, he's replacing the gospel with the cross of Christ. I don't know if you're seeing it. He could have said it this way. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with, the words, of, not with words of wisdom, lest the gospel should be of none effect. Or, but he replaces the gospel with the cross of Christ. Because the gospel... If someone says he has preached the gospel to you and has not preached the cross of Jesus Christ to you, he has not preached the gospel. Go to the next verse. The next verse is also in reference to a cross. There's a cross that is mentioned. It says, for the preaching of the cross. The preaching of what? What do we preach? We preach the gospel, right? Go back to verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Verse 18. For the preaching of the cross. So he's talking about the gospel. The cross. He's, using, he's replacing the gospel with the cross. Because the gospel is the preaching of the cross. 
the cross of Jesus Christ and what the cross of Jesus Christ accomplished. The finished work of Christ. You see, when we say gospel, a lot of people think uh, anything is in reference to the gospel. No. You see, the word gospel is too good to be true news. Gospel means too good to be what? True news. News that is too good that you, you doubt if, if, if can this name be true. So if you've not gotten to the point of asking, hey, is this thing real? Then you've not heard the true gospel. What is the true gospel? For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Why is it, why is it foolishness? It's foolishness because it, it, it sounds too good to be true. How can someone die? If you do something wrong, who should pay for it? You pay for it, isn't it? I don't know who pays for it. If you owe someone, okay, and you are taken to court, and you are judged, you are fined. Who is supposed to pay for the fine? You are the one supposed to pay for the fine, isn't it? What if someone walks in and then comes and says that after you have been judged, you've been judged, you say they say you are owing ten thousand dollars, and then someone comes and then pays fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> and tells the one you're owing that you should keep the change. Hey. <laughs> Will you be happy about it? You'll be happy about it, isn't it? You may, you may want to go for your change, right? <laughs> if you were not there when the person paid for it, and you came and they told you that someone has paid for everything, he's paid everything, will you be happy? You'll be very happy, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ, which is a cross, the preaching of the cross, is the preaching of the fact that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross has taken care of all sin and taken care of all guilt and that you, don't, you, are not to be, you are not to be punished for sin. You are not in debt to God, indebted to God in any way. Satan has no issue with you. There's no problem. Everything has been paid in full. Actually double. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 1 and 2. Look at Isaiah 41 and 2. Every type of problem has been paid for. Settled. It's too good to be true. That is why it's foolishness. Everybody, the religious folks sit and say, no, no, Israel is not true. You need to, you need to pay something. You need to pay something. Look at this. It says, comfort you. Comfort you, my people. God is telling you, be comfort, comfort yourself. Be comforted. Say it, your God. Verse 2. Speak you comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her. This is messianic. This scripture is messianic. Because when, as I was talking about this, these guys had not been taken into exile yet. And cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Her what? Her warfare is accomplished. The war is over. It basically, that's what it is. The war is over. The war of what? The war of transgressions. And the war of problems between you and God. It's over. It has been accomplished. That her iniquity, her sin, her problem, her challenges, all her issues is pardoned. For she has received of the Lord's, the, the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Double payment for all the sins that she owed. 
it has been paid double in double. This is what the religious folks don't like. When we talk like this in the house of God, the church, they don't like it. That's why it says that the preaching of Christ is a stumbling block to the Jews. And to the Greeks is foolishness. What is the daughter? What are they talking about? Listen, Jesus died for your sins. That is the truth. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. Let's read BB. But it was our pain he took. Go to verse 3, BB. Verse 4. Verse 5. Ah, this one. This one is good. We don't want to read too much. Can you read this one for me? One to go. Uh, no, hold, say it again. Why was he wounded? So, should you be wounded for your sins? Who was wounded for your sins? Why was he wounded? So are you to be paid for your sins? No. Why? Is he paid for? Oh, so you are free. Double payment. Can you continue? One to go. And for our evil doings, he was crushed. Why was he crushed? Why was he crushed? Why was he crushed? Why was Jesus crushed? For your evil doings. So are you to be crushed for your evil doings? Are you to pay for your evil doings? It's been paid for. Hmm. This one they don't like. You see, if you have been raised with a certain kind of mindset over the prayer, it's difficult for you to believe what I'm telling you. It's a problem. You see, let me, let me show you a verse. Go to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Paul talks about the gospel that he preaches. And says that if anybody comes and come and preach any other gospel to you, let the person be cursed. Hey, I am surprised that you are being so quickly turned away from him whose word came to you in the grace of Christ. Let's read King James. King James will say it well. Yeah. I marvel. Well, I'm shocked. I'm mar- I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. He's talking about, see, this one is replacing the gospel with the grace of Christ. He should have said, I marvel that you are, you are so soon removed from him that called you into the gospel of Christ unto another gospel. But he replaces the word gospel with grace, the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Because he preached the gospel of the grace of Christ. How that Christ was our substitution. When Jesus hung on the cross, he was not hanging on the cross for himself. He was hanging on the cross for you and for me. He was made sin. Who knew no sin? For, who, for, for what purpose? So that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He was delivered on account of our offenses. Romans chapter 4 verse 25. You talk about the cross, we are talking about what? The great payment that Jesus paid so that we can be free. And it has nothing to do with your works. Jesus was delivered on for our offenses. Let's read other versions. Romans chapter 4, verse 25, please. 
He said, Jesus was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds and was raised to secure our justification and acquittal, making our account balance and absorbing us from all guilt before God. All guilt. All guilt. Hallelujah. So Jesus has paid. Tell me about Jesus has paid. You don't need to pay anything. Go back to Galatians 1, verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Next verse. Which is not another, but there, there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. Paul spoke about the perversion of the gospel of Christ as being worse than someone not even hearing the gospel. What's the perversion of the gospel of Christ? Even though you are born again, now that you are born again, you are born again now, right? Okay. Are you born again? If you are not baptized, you will not go to heaven. You need baptism in order for your salvation to be complete. If you don't get water baptism, you are not. It's a perversion of the gospel of grace. It's the first thing he mentioned. First Corinthians one seventeen. God did not send me to baptize. I'm not here to preach about baptism. I came to preach the gospel of the... Of the <laughs> for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. You can make the cross of Christ, the effects of the cross of Christ, the benefits, the power of the cross of Christ can be nullified. Eh? It can be made zero, it can be brought to zero if you add anything to it, if you add anything, if you say that, oh, now that you're born, that it's not complete. It's not complete. Circumcision is required. Or you need to keep, you need to, you, you need to be, you need to live holy. If you don't live holy, if you are not, if you are not a primary virgin, you are not pure enough. Nonsense. You are born again, it's powerful. But if, if you are not fasting, if you are not fasting and praying 40 days dry for the benefit, you are you can't have it. He says you are making the you are making the cross of Christ of none effect. <laughs> are we not to fast? I never I didn't say we shouldn't fast. I've told you already. Fasting is important. We are going to be fasting very soon. But we are not fasting to be to be pleasing to God. We are not fasting in order to be pleasing to God. Jesus' sacrifice is what makes us pleasing to God. We are accepted before God because of Jesus' sacrifice. God is not looking at us. He's looking at Jesus. What Jesus sacrificed is good enough. And that's what makes you accepted. He was made sin. Who knew no sin? So that you and I might be made the righteousness of God. We can be accepted before God. That is the real gospel. That's, that's all you need. To be accepted before God. Hallelujah. Oh, you are born again. But... You are not praying now. You need to pray a lot. When you pray a lot, you'll be, you'll be accepted before the Lord. You need, to be acti- you need to activate your acceptance before the Lord. Yes. So all the things I just mentioned, it's called another gospel. Another gospel. That's what Paul was talking about in Galatians chapter 1. Okay? Which is not another, but there are some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. Next, verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have preached, we have preached unto you. Let him be a curse. He says, let that person be cursed. Anyone who comes to tell you that, yeah, you are born again, but someone, a preacher told me some 
12 years ago that the born again experience is not enough. Yes, 12 years ago. And that I need, I need to do some things, add some things. You know what I'm talking about. I need to add some things. And he, he wanted me to solve to do something. I told him, what are you talking about? I believe that what Jesus did is full payment enough for me to be accepted before God. I don't need to add anything. Paul said, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't add, there's nothing you can add. You can't add anything. Yes. Galatians 2.21. Yeah. Let's read it. See, I'm accepted. Say it again, I'm accepted. Because of Jesus' sacrifice. You see, what that means is that you can, you can have healing. You're entitled to healing. You, you see, there's nothing you need to do to be healed. I you, I've not been praying. Someone said, I've been fasting, I've been praying, I've been doing what I'm supposed to do, and God has still not healed me. Or that my prosperity has not come. You see, your problem is that you think that it is your fasting and your praying and your being holy that entitles you to receive from God. You too, you have gone off. Hey. You too, you have gone off. You are living under the law. That you need to do this and do that and do that and do that and do that before you can, you can merit something from God. Let me show you. Keep your finger. Go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, 2, and 3, and 4. Then we'll come to 2. They stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What's the yoke of bondage? The law. You are born again, but you, you, are born again, but you need to do this and do that and do this and do that and do that. You need to pay your tithes. If you don't pay your tithes, you are, you are not accepted before God. We pay our tithes not because that is what makes us accepted before God. We pay our tithes because it is the, it is the instruction of the Lord. It is the instruction of the Lord. And it is wisdom to give your tithe. Fighting predates the law. That's what the Bible says. It predates what? The law is given in Exodus chapter 20. Fighting started in Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. It, it came before the law. And so when, if the law has been suspended, fighting has not been suspended. The Bible says that here men that die receive of the fight. But there, the one who is alive receives them. Exactly so. Fighting came with communion. If we have not stopped communion, then why should we stop fighting? You get it. Apart from that, apart from that, how many of you eat all your maize? If you're a farmer, you have maize, you've harvested maize, and then you eat all your maize. Is it not foolishness to eat all your maize and not sow, leave some and sow some? Or is it not wisdom to leave and uh, to sow some? Why do you need to sow some? To be able to harvest more. What will happen to you if you eat all? You, can, you will go hungry and you could even die. Isn't it? The wisdom of fighting, okay, is the wisdom of sowing for more to come. Securing the future for more to come. That's, that's the wisdom of fighting. That's why we fight. Not that if you don't fight, you are going to be in trouble. You are not going to go to heaven. No. That's another gospel. Have you seen it? Verse 2. It says, Behold, I Paul say unto you that if you be circumcised, what the circumcision is not the physical thing, is the, what 
it come to. James chapter 2, verse 10. It's the, it's the law. He's talking about the law. Look at James 2. It says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. This is the problem with the law. He says, If you keep, uh, thou shalt not steal, you don't steal. But then you look at someone lastfully. You have, you have, you have failed in all. You have stolen. You have committed adultery. You have you've done all the evil things you can think about. Circumcision is a representation of the law. Are you getting it? Yeah. So go back to that place in, in Galatians chapter 2. Behold, I pass you unto that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. The law negates the effects of Christ, the benefits of Christ's suffering in your life. Living your life with the mindset that I need to do this and do that and do that in order to be accepted before God will negate, you can't be blessed. You can't receive anything from the Lord. You, he says Christ profits you nothing. That's the best thing. I'll say this over and over to you so I can understand it. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he's a debtor to do the whole law. He's a debtor to do the whole law. Next is verse 3, verse 4. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, or as you feel you are accepted before God because of what you do. I sing in the choir, so I, I, I need to get more. I have higher position before God. No. I'm a worshiper, so I'm closer to the Lord. No. <laughs> he says, Christ will come of no effect on you. Whosoever of you are just about the Lord, he says you are fallen from grace. These are very hard, heavy things to say. Go back to Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. Look at this. It says, I do not, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, by you see the law, maybe I need to I need to explain what the law is. The, the law is the system of merit. You see, do these things. It, it begins with uh, uh, what is in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. It says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and to, to observe all the command his commandments which he commanded this day, which was the law. That the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And they broke it. They, they broke it the day it came. You can't keep it. Jesus says, I've come to come and die for you. So that all the blessings that, come, that was attached to the law might come to you. Why don't you like it? Eh? Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on the tree. He was hung on the tree for this purpose. So that, next verse, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The blessing, he, he was crucified so that the blessing will come on you. So you have access to the blessing because of him and his work on the cross, which is enough. Every blessing you can have is because of his work on the cross. If you mix it with any other thing, if you think that you are blessed because of your good works, because of how holy you have lived, because of how nice you have been, or because of you, you feel that you are not entitled to the blessing because of how bad you have been, or how disloyal you have been to the Lord, or Whatever you've been, you've been stealing, I've been doing a lot of bad things, so I'm not entitled to the blessings of God. 
then you have made you, both of you have missed it. The one who thinks I did this and did that and did that, therefore I am I merit. And the one who thinks that I did that and did that, therefore I don't merit. I both missed it. The one who says that Jesus did everything on the cross for me because he did it, I'm accepted. The blessings is mine. Say the blessings are mine. Because of what Jesus did. Hallelujah. That's the true gospel. So this year we are going to talk about it. Yeah, to be a nice year. So that your is important. Because it's a very heavy says if you are justified by the law. Then you are falling from grace. Can you, can, you, can, you, can you imagine the number of Christians who are falling from the grace of God? The grace cannot work in their life. Because they have mixed it. It's all over. So God wants to help you. And establish you properly in the, in the cross of Christ. Yes. So that you can really enjoy the, the blessings of God. Not based on your works. But based on Christ's work. Based on Christ's work. Based on Jesus' work on the cross. You see, God wants Jesus to be the, the, the only person that matters. Just imagine they bringing your work close to Jesus' work. It doesn't match. Your, your work, it can't. God will not accept anybody's CV on the judgment day. Your CV cannot be accepted. I did this, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. Therefore, I qualify to enter your kingdom. No. It doesn't work. We have access to his kingdom because of his son, Jesus Christ. And God wants his son to have preeminence. So that his, his son can be, you see, God wants us to worship Jesus. For Jesus to be the, to be there, to be everything. To be all. For Christ to be all that he know. Not your efforts. Not your efforts. Not your failure. I'm not accepted because I failed. No. I'm not entitled to prosperity because I failed. No, it's not supposed to be like that. Say I'm accepted. Rise upon your feet and thank God for what I shared with you. In the next two minutes. And I want you to speak into the year that this year will be your greatest year ever. That this year, your, your, your fellowship with Jesus will be higher than ever before. Talk to the Lord now. Talk to the Lord now. Now, I just want you to thank God for the opportunity to see another year. And I want you to speak into the year. That this year will be full of joy. It will be full of the revelation of Jesus the revelation of the cross of Christ to you in a very special way. That this year, you walk in grace by the power of the Holy Ghost and join the full benefits of Christ, of the work that Christ did on the cross. That you have great understanding of the work of Christ on the cross. That you will not mix, you will not mix it in any way. You will not mix it in any way. You will not mix it in any way. But Jesus will be all in all in your life. 
that Jesus will be the only focus, your main focus. In the name of the Lord Jesus, talk to the Lord now. Talk to the Lord now. Talk to the Lord now. Mandoho shege deba ragada baya sege nemeho shege deba mandoho sa palabaya mene nehedeli baradaba melo raga palabaya oh ma adaba ede edebe karadana mano oche ebe laba oh ba aba ade ede ede yes 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 deeper understanding of the of the word deeper understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ deeper understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ the power of the cross the power of the cross the power of the cross of Jesus will be made real to you you walk in the realities of the power of the cross you will live in the realities of the power of the cross in the name of the Lord Jesus, Malo Oshika Adaba, Pesemina Ado, Raaba, Mele, Karadano Oshi, Epa Adanade, Mando Oshige Aradane Baladadaba. That you will live in the in the consciousness of your acceptance before the Lord, based on what Jesus has done, and not based on what you do or do not do. Yes, Mala Ada, that your love for Jesus will heighten to go to another level altogether. That you know him for yourself. Paul said that I may know him. That I may be found in him. Not having my own righteousness which is by the law. But having the righteousness which is by faith of Jesus Christ. That I may know him. That I may know him. Knowing him is based on the knowledge. The revelation. Of the righteousness which is of God in Christ Jesus. By faith in Jesus. Pray. Kana ado oshe. Plada adadai. Dego osa paladaba balaba. And I speak into your ear that this will be full of joy for you. This will be full of excitement for you. And this will be full of prosperity for you. Expect nothing else but prosperity. Expect nothing else but greatness. Greatness is yours this year in a very special way. This year you accomplished more than you accomplished last year. You accomplished times three of what you accomplished last year. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord is holding your hands and walking with you throughout the year. You will not encounter the financial crisis that this country will encounter this year. You will walk in financial prosperity. And you walk in health throughout the year. You will be alive a year from now to the glory of God. You and everyone in your family, including those who are sick unto death, God is going to keep them alive throughout the year in the name of the Lord Jesus. And healing is coming to them as well in the name of the Lord Jesus. They are coming into next year with health and strength. And they are entering, they've entered this year with health. I speak healing for everyone. Healing and health for everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus. That sickness is cursed permanently. Rise up from your bed. You are healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Father, thank you that this year is full of grace for us. This year we will experience the grace of God like never before. Favor, unmerited favor like never before. Favor that you know you do not merit. You will have it this year in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord has said that you are going to have speed. And you are going to have ease as well. It's going to be full of speed and full of ease. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's a great year of supernatural accomplishments for you. Supernatural happenings for you. Supernatural occurrences for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Everywhere you step is yours. The Lord has given you dominion over every single place that you step. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord is bringing promotion into your life this year in a very special way. The Lord is advancing you specially this year in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are experiencing the goodness of God. I'm hearing the riches of the goodness of God. The riches of the grace of God. Yes, like never before. This year, you experience the full grace of God. The full grace of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. On every side of your life. On every side of your life. You are the favored of all. Yes, the set time to favor Zion has come. The Lord is favoring you on every side. I'm hearing unmerited favor. You now, you know that you don't merit it, but you are going to get it. Free of charge. The Lord is giving you the opportunity to enjoy his blessings on every side of your life. Everywhere you turn, you shall experience his blessings. That is what is coming for you. He says you are going to accomplish three times, three times, three times what you accomplished last year. Three times to the glory of God. It's a year of living in the realities of the power of the cross. And it's going to be a wonderful year. I welcome you to 2024. What a blessing! Tell him I'm going from glory to glory. Tell him I'm going from glory to glory. It's getting better. It's getting greater. It's getting nicer. It's getting sweeter. It's getting more exciting. This year, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I'm moving from glory to glory. I'm moving from glory to glory. Are you ready? Say 2024 is my best year ever. Are you ready? God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.